Hi, I'm Luke Campbell, and I work for a small wine company, and he's Luke Morris, and... Uh, I have a lot of wine in my cellar. And together, we are Luke's Talk Wine, who talk a bit about things, some wine, some booze, and popular culture. Think when to drink, why we drink it, and the culture that surrounds drinking. Hello, Luke. I was just... Hi, Campbell. I was just thinking when you said popular culture around drinking, like, is that like the Marvel Universe? Like, do we know what Wolverine, what kind of wine Wolverine has? He'd probably be Barolo, I think. Yeah, he'd have to be Barolo. And Batman would be like Pinot Noir. Batman's in the DC universe. You don't know what you're talking about with popular culture. You should stick to wine. (laughs) (laughs) Wine it is. Hey, this week is episode 10 and season 2. And have we got an episode for you? This week's topic is wine gadgets. What we need, do we need, who needs them? We'll talk about that. And then we've got a listener question from Shieldsy. Shieldsy! Shieldsy asks, cult wineries and the personalities behind them. <laughs> Past, present, and future. The Stand future by. wineries. <laughs> That's going to be a good one. <laughs> well, we might be able to Luke's, put a few Luke's on the talk map wine this estate. Episode, yeah, uh, let's Luke do Morris. some. Uh, but as always, as we start every show, what's been happening in your wine world this week, pal? Do, do you know what? I'm at the comedy festival, just cracking along, going to a few gigs. Um, I'm catching up with a mate tonight. Yeah, and um, Supporting the local economy? Yeah, yeah. Um, supporting yeah, artists yeah. who haven't earned any money for like two years. Um, well, some of them. Some of them have day jobs. Some people have to work in IT and do comedy. You'll you'll be surprised by how many do that. Um, but uh, I was I was intrigued by my own choices because um, I catch up with a friend. We're going to go get dumplings on his request. He's going to bring some riesling. I was going to bring a bottle of Albarino, and I thought oh, it's bottle on the cork, and I don't want to take a corkscrew with me to. the BYO and if they don't have one, have to mm, wait around. Here we go. It's so much of a pain in the butt. So I just put a, a bottle of um, Green of Outline on the screw cap. It's much easier. Yeah, the choices you make when you just want to go out and have a drink, not have to fluff. It's See, you're the problem with society, and this is why all the people that are producing cork, this is why oh. the cork industry is dying. It's well, your, you your know, it's harm, harming the environment, in man. They're cutting down trees. I know that you really well, support the, the coal industry, industry and uh, distracting the uh, planet around us. The cork industry is sixty percent sustainable these days. But 60%. back to the orig- my original sixty percent of the time it works all your- the time. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> You're the problem with society not selecting cork. Like cork has that ability to produce a wine that is just. Absolutely outstanding. Whereas if you're drinking wines under Stelvin closure, they're just mediocre all the time. No, they're you not. Want oh, what rubbish! Wine under a cork, they are what rubbish. Yeah, I've got some meshak under You're going to tell me that the meshak is really? a terrible bottle of wine just because it's under screw cap? I'm you're going, going to tell, tell me you that it would taste better if it was under cork. You're going to tell me that uh, Stephen Hinchkey. Or Adarangi uh, Pinot, or any of those 
premium lines, even Grange, I think these days are going under screw cap. Um, you know who else? I'm going to tell you that even Stephen Henschke has gone back to Cork. Oh, he hasn't, has he? He has. <laughs> what's that? Oh, what's that little garden name thinking? We, we, I don't think we've done. We, we, we don't. We haven't done Cork versus Stelvin, you and I, on this program. I know you and I have had a long-standing, um, um, sensible discussion about this over many years. But have we I don't remember those discussions. Have I'm sure they weren't sensible. <laughs> uh, they were, of course, they were sensible. Um, no, nah, it would have been just me making know, fun of you. <laughs> If I went back through the archives, I don't think I yeah. would uh, find that discussion in our podcast. But maybe if we've got more than one listener out there and they want to hear about that discussion, which you and Shields I had in late nights. <laughs> and we might get uh, to the bottom of that, but not this week because this week we've got plenty to get into. Yeah, no, look, well, tonight, I know you're going to harp on like a um... – Ooh, who plays the harp a lot? Is there is there some mythical creature that plays the harp? Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen plays a harp. Oh, harp! I thought I thought you mean harmonica, not. Harp. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you're not harmonicaing on, which would be great. You know, this sounds like something poor Kelly would get into, but. Um, no, you're harping on about the age-worthiness of Screwcat versus Cork. But I'm just talking about something that's, you know, a couple of years, if that old, and the, the fun of going to a, a very relaxed, you know, dumpling restaurant and cracking open something and not having to fluff around. Just the ease of well, Screwcap is, is if you're is, drinking is, wine is within seven minutes of purchase... If you're drinking wine within seven minutes of purchase, you do just want a screw cap. That's why they're putting it in bag in box. The likes of goon tycoons and a glass and a half in a pouch and all that sort of stuff. That's why these guys are, you know, oh, super trendy in a right pouch. now. They're you're making it sound like they're putting wine in a primer. Yeah. Can you get one of those well, energy gel sort Mate, of wines where you can that squeeze it down your throat? Or juice boxes. Oh, what do they call them? <laughs> Mate, they are. Yeah, there's a company actually, and they're using great winemakers. They're they're a great company. I've seen some of the wines, like Chris Catlow makes some of the wines. The sommelier chooses the wine, and then they put them in um, a far uh, one glass pouch. Might be one glass at one one glass. Have you heard about this? um, Anyway, we're talking about uh, non-sponsored products for our show, but I saw um, something like this last night because I was at. a gig and they had a fridge and you could order red wine, uh, white wines. And I saw just sort of these cups with a lid in the fridge. And I, I, I clocked on pretty quick that that was how they serve the white wine. There was no plastic cups that someone would pour into from a bottle. They'll just take the things straight out of the fridge in the plastic cup and peel the aluminium foil or whatever the sealant was from the top. And there's your glass. Yeah. Go away. Give us some money. In, you know, yes, not in that, that, takes, order. that That's an Australian invention. That was an Australian invention, and her name was um, Georgia Beatty, actually. She was a Melbourne lass, and she was yeah. well before her time. So she, what you call, she, she patented that technology. But what, what I'm 
talking about is, and listeners can look it up, uh, is a company called A Glass Of, and they make one glass pouch pouches selected by sommeliers. And you might have, you know, certain sommelier, they choose five wines, two whites, two reds, and a rosé. And each season, um, so you can try all different wines. It's actually, uh, I'm, I'm assuming it'll be quite successful, but the, the company's called A Glass Of, and they put them in a recycle wool pouch effectively. So it's sealed, it's preserved. Um, the wine comes directly from the winemakers uh, to you. Uh, the packages are all sustainable, but there's only one glass, so 100 and, 120 mil in each pouch. It might be 200 mil, uh, so it's a glass and a half, effectively. Ah, uh, yeah, so it's a bit like selling stubbies of beer. So you can take a six-pack home. Oh, yeah, throwdowns uh, in this case, 200 mil. Throwdowns. <laughs> Grenades. <laughs> I think we Grenades. used to call them in my neck of the woods, yeah. Yes, well, grenades in Victoria, throwdowns in New South Wales, if we want to go throw deep. Uh, cricketers would do a lot of throwdowns. <laughs> Hi, this is Luke Morris from Luke's Talk Wine. I've written some books, so visit lukemorrisha.com.au. Go there, see the books, buy one, support the podcast. That's lukemorrisha.com.au. L-U-K-E-M-O-R-R-I-S-H-A.com.au. Have a great day. Anyway, we digress. On to this week's topic when we talk about much more sensible things. What kind of gadgets? Are there any real wine gadgets that you love, Luke Morris? Or oh, I hate corkscrews. I'll tell you what's really annoying are corkscrews. <laughs> Just get them out of the way. Go straight to the screw cap. No, um... I like old corkscrews, to be honest with you, like as a, as a mm-hmm. as a wine gadget. Not those. Okay, so let me draw a line in the sand. Do you remember those? I'll call it a butterfly corkscrew, where you'd yeah. um, put the screw the down. You put the, like, yeah, yeah. T- the two arms that stick up, and then you put push the arms down because you screw the thing in, and then you put the arms down, and the and the cork pops out. I find those. I don't like it. Just yeah, that. Mm. It's. I think it's an eyesore. I don't like it at all. Um, someone gave me <laughs> one of those like, as a gift in the shape of a fish, and I couldn't oh. figure out how to use it. But you know, I find them weird. It's, what else do you need? What do you? Uh, do you know? Okay. Oh, look, here's one. Here's one for you. The, the, yeah. The what's it, what's it called? I can't remember the name of the thing where you pour. You you stick the um, device in the neck of the bottle. And then it like it decants the wine as it's pouring out. Yeah, and it's a wine aerator. We've we've got them on aerators. our website, vinified.com.au. Yeah, we've got the vinified vino airs. Uh, yep. and they're great for you young wines. It'll be perfect for your drink now, Grunevelt liner. Stick it in the top, aerate it as you pour, away you go. It'll knock down yep. all that acid really quickly. Yeah. Those are smart. Go go to go to mm. Luke Campbell's vinified. Uh, website and uh, buy one of those if you don't have one. I don't have one, they're so about, hopefully you can about give me mates' weights or something on it. But... Yeah, they'd be under <laughs> under thirty five bucks for any listeners. Oh, really? Absolutely. Oh, they've mm-hmm. come down a lot. They used to be up around a hundred bucks. But just for the show, just special for the show, not for everybody. Oh, just for okay. those listening. Cool. All right. But what? Nothing Email. wrong with a good old fashioned decanter. 
Oh yeah, oh, yeah you could use if you if you want to spend your half your day washing the things, go for it. Well, you you use a, I like your take on things. You just use a conical science flask and put them in the dishwasher. That's a good one. Yeah, I used a bowl one weekend. People thought that was crazy, but that was even easier to fit in the dishwasher. <laughs> yes. Now I do like it. Um, I think I think as long as you got a good wine opener, you know, waiter's friend, wine key, whatever they call them these days, and a decanter, hard to go wrong. If you've got a wine aerator, excellent. Obviously, you don't need to decant everything. Can you decant white wines? Do you decant white wines? Absolutely. And then the other thing I think, which which is kind of in, in, imperative, and Luke, you will totally and utterly disagree, but that's why you're on the show. Yeah. I think just a decent glass with a stem. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I know I what you're saying, but like I said. <laughs> yeah. I know this is wild and crazy because people have got all sorts of different wine gadgets these days, but I just want a glass with a stem. That's about as gadgety as I get. Um, you don't get... Do, don't know, do you know the gadgets I... Some gadgets I hate. I don't really hate the stems, but anyway, gadgets I hate that um, those wine pours where you put the little plastic neck in the in the bottle to pour the wine oh, yes. as though it's, it helps stop the um, wine dribbling down the side of the bottle. Or you put the, those wine neckchiefs. Neckerchief? Neckchiefs, yes. Neckchiefs? Yes, yes. You've yes, seen yes. those? I have seen those, yes. That's silly. It's a bit crazy. And, I mean, people do all sorts, sorts of weird and wonderful things. Like people have cordless electric wine openers. Oh! You'd, you'd love that. <laughs> no, nah, I hate that, but that's fun. That's good. Well, there's probably invented for someone who can only use one hand, and that's just smart and easy for them. But then, you know, lazy well, people start corks. demanding to use it as well. Unscrewing corks can be tricky business, Luke Morris. Yeah. Um, what about? Oh, um, I, just... I saw the I saw this one recently. The um the 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 wine chiller stick. <laughs> for what so this person got yeah it was a wine chiller stick so it was it was like this big kind of long thermometer looking thing that obviously had something high and freezable liquid in it It was glass and long like pen shaped with a cork stopper slash pour on the top that they had hope that they had have in the freezer so we, we arrived and they pulled out the cork they pulled the cork out with the wine over and then they stuck this thing in the top, which they had uh, swiftly taken out of the fridge or freezer and put it in the white wine and poured through it. And this was a wine chiller stick. It was completely conned. I was like, why wouldn't you just put the white wine in the fridge? Um, but <laughs> it was designed to sit in the <laughs> as you pour and it keep your wine chilled or it would cool your reds as you pour them. But... I, I, Is it like going through a crazy that. store that's been frozen? Just to... <laughs> but that's exactly what it was like. Great. I, was like, I mean, oh I love the God. sight of it. I think it's nonsense, but I love the idea. <laughs> yes. Well, you could, you could imagine me, though, like, oh, this is perfect. And I'm just thinking, why wouldn't you put the white wine in the fridge? 
Um, but yes. And then your hand gets cold when you're pouring it, Campbell. You've got to put something in the freezer <laughs> <Yes>. first. <laughs> yes, of course. So yes, the the wine thermometer. What that that was a gadget. Um, what else? I guess, my you mom, know, my mum comes glass. out every Christmas with the um, uh, the little uh, multicolored balls that you can stick on each glass um, stem to show whose glass belongs to who. Oh yes. Well, that um, would be imperative, which, wouldn't it, for a big family? Oh, I hate those. No, because I'm, I'm like once just the, once like, the drunk uncle has a few. That's me. You you know that's me. <laughs> but I'm smart enough to know where I leave my glass. Um, it's everyone else is not like in the habit of drinking wine doesn't realise that you strategically put your glass in the same spot or somewhere each time. It's like, where's where's your glass? Well, mine's the one that's on the edge of the TV because that's where I put it. And everyone else just leaves their glasses at random and then these little balls taped to the edge of their... Just, you know what you should do? Do what I do and buy your glasses at the Salvation Army and then you've just got random glasses everywhere and then it's like, no, yours is from the uh, Bendigo State Finals basketball team etched onto the side of the glass. (laughs) That's your glass. Your glass is from the Mornington Peninsula tasting... That's the one that's etched on the side lawn of that glass. <laughs> the lawn bowl show glass. Oh God, I hope there's one of those lying around. Can I? Can if we got Shieldsy, if you're listening and have any access to lawn bowls glassware, get me some. Send them in. You can send them in to Luke's Talk Wine at Gmail dot com. <laughs> send the glassware. To... Actually, no, you can't do that. <laughs> you can do that. It's like it's like an episode of Tron. <laughs> break it down <laughs> like a computer system, and then send it. I'll get a photograph oh my God. sent to me. Great, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> I resemble that remark. That's, uh, I take that back. What are some other crazy like, gadgets? So the other crazy gadgets, the one that I always love is, um, you know, those um, little beads for the decanter. Um, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Love it Shot. You just you love using any decanter, so you would never clean one. But the little the little roll oh, um, yeah. ball bearings that you put in the decanter. People put all types of stuff in the decanter. But those yeah. ball bearings that you can buy, and they, inevitably they go all down the sink or whatever, and, <laughs> you know, and, and everywhere. But um, unbelievable. But uh, there's some yeah. cracking gifts out there, and certainly some just, crazy just the, wine yeah. kind of gadgets. The, the big one at the moment, it's which is all the rage, is, is the is the argon machine pushing argon into it. They're quite expensive. They're oh. a few hundred dollars actually to seal your wine. But, um, I think that's nonsense. Just put know, the bottom. In our day, we had a vacuum bin just to suck the air out of it. Yeah, I didn't like those either. I thought they sucked out character. I wasn't happy with them. But um, do you know it's good? Yeah, do you know it's well, a good one, one for for that's one thing? That is one thing you and I agree on. The butler sleeps. Do tell. The, those ones that um, you stick the, cor- the 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 prongs don't go down the side of the cork and pulls it out. Yes, they are very very good, particularly if you. Handling older wines, wines that are cellared, yep. absolutely, and just a good old Where... polishing cloth. You can't wipe your glasses clean with the dirty old dish towel. You actually need a polishing cloth so it don't smell like fish or soy sauce. You actually get a polishing cloth. So my wine gadgets: I want a stem, a decanter, a butler's thief, and a polishing cloth. <laughs> 
do, do you sell that so, as a package at Vinified? Can you get that? I don't, you know, but that's a great, great idea. And I love your suggestion. And you're a thinking man's wine drinker, Luke Morris. I really respect <laughs> that about you. And I'm going, to put my, I'm going to put one together. I'm going to put a, a, a wine, Vinified starter pack together. And that's going to be it. Good. Let us know when it's done. Mm. We'll get Shieldsy in. I will. Uh, hey. Oh, this is actually in your wheelhouse. Colt Wines and Colt Wineries. You mentioned Windery earlier in the Clare Valley. Like their wines, you know, their Shiraz and Mataros and Cabernet Sauvignon blends. I mean, they are, well, what are they? They are just, they are Colt. Um, yeah, but define a Colt Winery. How would you define a Colt Winery, Luke Morris? Yeah, this is what Shields, he wanted He wanted to know what are the cult wineries and what are their characters. So a cult winery, do you know what? A cult winery is a winery that um, uh, sells all of its wine through Salador or Mail List or something. You know, you, you can't get it because, well, you can get it, but it's hard to get. And it has this, uh, that mystique about it because people always talk about it in some sort of reverence. You know, it's not it's not a cult that where everybody has to have group marriages or something like that. And you, you, but you do have to, like, um, pay close attention and follow them or else you, you know, get, you get bumped off their mail list and you can't get any more of their product. That's Either. a fairly good summation, I would say. Well, yeah, that's why we, I guess that's why we use the word cult about them because there's some sort of, Reverence, and they're normally pay. associated. There's not. There's there's normally a a character associated with them as well. Whether it's Fraser McKinley at Semiote, or whether it's oh. Taris Dakota at Dakota Barrels, or whether it's Duke Robin Duke Ronson at Duke's Vineyard, or Rick Kinsborough at Duke Condo. Like you know, there's generally a character. Duck, David Duck Anderson at Wild Duck Creek. There's generally a character behind it, wouldn't you say? Well, I, as an iconic person behind them as a character or the character of the winery. Because... I think probably or, the, or the, the there's wine. generally... Uh, well, the wines always have character, but I think there is generally a, a, a character personified behind them, you know. Um, you know, I, I would probably add that to your decisive conclusion of what makes a cult winery. I would say that there is also a character personified behind them. Not always, like in Windery's character, maybe not, but in most other cases, I think there probably would be. Would Would you agree? Agree or disagree? I don't know. I'm just thinking. I see my my way of looking at the character for the wine would be something like saying. Um, uh, with Kingsborough, well, the Giaconda Chardonnay is quite snobby. Well, well deserved character, well deserved label of being excellent, but at the same time, you just be a bit, ah, oh, we know they're good, and they are good, but they're just a bit, you know, up themselves. Whereas, um, what would, oh, Sammy Odie, they've got a, more of a character, it seems, of, you know, funk and youthfulness and they're playing to a different sort of they're, they're more of a tradie demographic versus the the geoconda uh 
Chardonnay set from Turak, maybe. And um, what, what's Wild Duck Creek might be your your, your footy loving bogan. No, not so much a bogan drink. Footy loving kind of reds. Is that fair? Is that fair game? Giving those sorts of characters oh. to the type of wine. Well, what would Ron Lawton be at Jasper Hill? Like, if you look at it like that. Ah, uh, I don't really think. And see, this is this is the separation I'm saying. I think the the person versus the wine is. I think you're right in saying that for a wine to, for a wine to have to be cultish, there's some sort of mystique around the person that makes them, but not always. Because I don't know. I don't no, know is always. there much mystique about one Lawton? I mean, he's a great guy. He's very well respected with um, intellect on the, on the subject of wine and, and really friendly and giving. But is that also the way you consider the wine that he makes to be to be representation of him? No, I don't see the wine as representation of him, but I do see it as cultish. My, yeah, my absolutely. point being that... My point is that in most cases, and I say most, 90%, most cases the cult wine has a character driving it. Most cases, not always. And you refer to a character in terms of like um, Alf from Home and Away. Like Home and Away might be the wine, but Alf's the character that drives it. Yes. That's a great analogy. I love it. Ah. Yeah. So Wild Duck Creek's duck wine. might be the wine, but Dave Anderson is the character that drives it. Yep. Oh. Same. The um, Giaconda Estate Chardonnay is the wine. Rick Kinsbrunner, what's well, now his son Nathan, but Rick Kinsbrunner was the guy driving it. Yeah, I think that's why I think there's there's a, there's a, a, a distinction to be made. Because the wines can live on more than the um, winemakers, to be fair, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> I yep, don't think yep. uh, Della Romani Conti is still being made by the founder, <laughs> but it's still an iconic cultish wine. <laughs> yeah, fair bump, fair bump. All right, well, so what are some other cult wineries? Like you mentioned Wild Duck. We touched on Semiote. What are some other I'd say wineries? Main Ridge. Main Ridge Ooh, is somebody yeah, you don't one. see around a, a, a lot, but if people who get hold of it, you know, covet it like a newborn. Yeah. Um, who else is there? Clonakilla up, up in Murrum Bateman. Noon in uh, Noon. McLaren Vale. I'd, 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 go far, yeah, I'd go as far to say Rockford Basket Press because people just refer to Rockford Basket Press as Basket Press. And it's like, you know, that's just a thing that everybody can use. But no, it's the basket press. Da, da, da. Yeah, true. Yeah. You're trying to think of another culty wine. Jasper Hill. What about Three Rivers Shiraz from Chris Ringland? Lewin Art Series Chardonnay. The Kaiser Old Bastard. Oh, the Kaiser Old Bastard. Meshack. Meshack. From Grand Birch. Yeah. You're basically just going through the Langton's Distinguished List. Could, could you go as if, if you're following that sort of regime could you go as far as to say that to build Marsan is a cult wine because people all you know it's a cheap cult it's um 
I was going to say it's the Christianity <laughs> of um, cults. You know, it's everywhere, but it's you know, it's not quite yeah, not quite I, a good think... analogy. But it is a culty wine. People do <laughs> identify and hold it up quite dearly. They do. What about something like anything from the what granite belt? Something... Can you? <laughs> I was actually thinking more out of Tasmania, like something like Domain A. Um, yeah, you know, Domain A, the Cabernets, Donkey Pinot, but also Cab- the Cabernet. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I think I think when you think about cult wines, it's actually the wine beyond the winery. Yep. So it's it's not just broken wood; it's broken wood's graveyard. It's not just yes, no fair bump. It's it's not just um, well we said uh, well dark it's the dark mark. It's, mm. um, just trying to think of somebody else, but there's yeah there's all those things. So the and, Lakes and Folly the, Cabernet. Lakes Folly Cabernet. These are all hi- historical things. Is there anybody coming up that you know of? Who do you think oh, will well, be s- the s- wines s- that we're going to be? Sam, I, th- I think Sammy Ode is definitely you know Fraser McKinley. You know the people who know they know that he's definitely on the rise. Yep. Um, um, Duke Duke uh, Ronson, who won oh. the Halliday Winemaker Award from Paronga up in WA a couple of years ago. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean he's retired actually now, but he, he was certainly up and coming towards the end of his career. He was making everything in sundry over over in WA, and their wines were just stunning. Um, yep. I've heard uh, huge things about actually, Duke uh, only in the last few years. Yep. Um, Do you think we'll ever get to a cultish pet mat or a cultish uh, textual white made from 18 different varietals? Do you think there's going to be a new wave of that sort of kitties coming up exploring wine and then finding somebody who makes, you know, half makes a wine and then bottles it and tells you it's good? Do you think that's going to happen? <laughs> Well, I think if you look at, um, not that their wines are half-made, but they're a young couple <laughs> up in Macedon and their lines will, their, their Gamay has just um, sells that every year. It's rocketed up the, the charts. It's 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 receiving plaudits all over the place um, and it's actually very, very good. It's not it's certainly not half-made, but that lines will Gamay is pretty stunning and you know that one page at one stage there you couldn't turn over a leaf of a broadsheet or a magazine without seeing a picture of their gamay like things like that they're a small production long answer to a short question i don't think people can become a cult hero with those pet nets i don't think because they can be made so readily it'd be like you and i getting some some of our favorite grapes and just putting a pet nat label on it and away we go. Would it become cultish? I don't know. The cult wineries, certainly the wines we've talked about and the the wineries, they have an amazing amount of history and pedigree to go with that cult tag. Like, it, you know, for want of a better term, it didn't happen overnight, but it did happen. Mm. I mean, look look at the story of, you mentioned Windery first. I mean, look at that story in the Clare Valley. I mean, that that was an extraordinary amount of time. Um, you know, Clonakilla, I, I think Tim's dad, John, he was the first person to plant vineyards in that area. I mean, that was 71, you know, like... Um, 
the, the lakes they planted cabernets in the in the lakes folly you know late no, how old is semi fraser mckinley's not very old no so you can um, still and he's have so, this he's icon but they um they're, they're establishing a following how old is fraser i'm just on branding not to be mean to them but their branding was really eye-popping before the wine because you could see that's a different bottle that's a different design that's something new that's not just someone, you know, following the trend. And that created, that would create a, a cult following of people who are seeking that difference. Would you agree? True. I, I guess, yeah, I would agree. Semiote, unlike all the other, and it's just come to light actually, unlike all the other cult wineries we've mentioned, Fraser is the odd one out because he actually goes and sources fruit. Admittedly, he works with the mm. same vineyards mostly year in, year out, but none of them are his. All the other producers, Geoconda, Duke's Vineyard, Windery, Lakes Folly, Clonakilla, Jasper Hill, all those wineries we've mentioned, they actually all own and run their own estates under vine. Fraser doesn't actually. He's which makes his story probably even more unique and even more cultish because he's sourcing the fruit. Does, he's not he's not wanting to make bucket loads. He's he's leaning on um, cult vineyards. It's like when mm. um, Soul Growers, as an example, stick something on their their labels saying the Cronin Vineyard or the um, uh, let's say Greenock Vineyard or, or, or something like that. Stole Growers. Is that the Linda Brothers? I haven't heard of them wines for a long, long time. Are they still going? It was a st- I think it, I think it was established by Linda. It's still going. Um, I think it's yeah. been carried on by a couple of other people. But I'm, I'm using them more right. on the example of that they promote the vineyard that they're getting and and I guess like Sammy, they uh, like this, this the Yodi wines. They um they're sourcing and they're trying to play on the a little bit play on the um quality of the fruit they're getting. That, Those wines know. are always great value. Um, gee, I haven't had a Soul Growers wine for over a decade, but they were they oh, were wow. so good. No, they're still popping around. Yeah, right. Well, that that is uh, cult wines and cult wineries and the personality behind them. In a nutshell, uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining us, Luke Morris. What uh, what have you been drinking, pal? What um, what's been tipped down your neck this week? Do you know so what? I can't think of. And I've had a. I've been out and had like one or two beers. I'm about. I'm training for a half marathon, so I'm about to uh, try and keep off the um, the the, the liquid, oh, the liquid, the the alcohol for a while. Um, but yeah, yeah there's um a bottle of uh, Green of Outliner sitting in the fridge under screw cap, and I'll be um <laughs> consuming that. Uh, with some dumplings later on, and good on you. Well, that's delicious. I hope it goes good. well. Yeah. What are you I, having? Um, what, what's what's on your site? Oh, look, I've had I've had a, a many and varied beverages this week, actually. But uh, I, I was uh, having a glass of some aged Tasmanian Pinot Noir uh, overnight, actually, which was terrific. Actually, some Tassie Pinot Noirs. So. On our site, actually, at vinified.com.au, we've got an aged Tasmanian pack 
on there at the moment with some giant steps fatal shore uh which was the giant steps when they 2019 they made the was the bushfire year they made a tassie pinot uh and i and it's uh-huh. rather in the six pack that we've got up there is the pressing matters but i was having some of the giant steps it's a really black deep brooding um pinot noir actually from the coal river valley uh it's 2019 you say mm, i do yeah. do you call that aged well i guess uh, not exactly age, but um, unique, let's say. So it, it's partner in crime is the 2016 Pressing Matters in the pack. But this six, this 19 Giant Steps was really, really unique. Steam Flanstead made it, and it was just a really meaty um, example, black, dark, brooding Pinot Noir. I loved it, actually. I drank responsibly and uh, left a little bit in the bottle. <laughs> um, it, it was very hard. For those packs <laughs> on there, they're selling nicely. But um, yeah, that that was Good. kind of me actually. It was yeah, it was uh, it was hard to put the cork back in. Um, but I did, I did do it. Yeah, it's Absolutely. a pain in the ass those corks, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> they don't really fit the way you want them to. They crumble. What a nightmare. Anyway, that's a topic for another day. <laughs> that is a topic for another day. But um, I'll be back next week. What about you, Luke? Oh yeah, no, I'm here. Excellent. Well, if you want to get in touch, ladies and gentlemen, or send a listener question our way, please do that by sending yep. an email, email only. We don't accept packages via email. It's not a showing of Tron. Uh, our email is Luke Morris. What is it again? It's lukestalkwine at gmail.com. That's what the email address is. But I'm sure if you email us and say, where can I send a package to, um, we might <laughs> we get it sent we, to we the government or something. Yeah, no, 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 what kind of package do you want to send us? This is my package, sir. <laughs> um, but when we're not doing podcasts, uh, he is Luke Morris. You can find him on the interweb at Luke Morris Ha or myself at on Instagram at vinified underscore wine underscore services. But Together, we are Luke Talk Wine. Thanks very much for listening. And in the words of Tony Barber, keep smiling and bye for now. Ta-ta. Vinified are the wine seller's specialists. We're Australia's only personal sommelier service. Our sommeliers work with you to build you a cellar. Our aim is to bring you the wines from the freshest new producers, all based on your tastes. We can come to you, source your wines, present tastings, Think of Vinified as your wine concierge. We can do retail, we can do tastings, we can host your dinner parties, or we can procure you that rare wine. Vinified is proud to be associated with Luke's Talk Wine. www.vinified.com.au